Teacher friend, I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know our district adopted new literacy curriculum meant a lot for everyone. Lori and I can't wait learning about literacy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are really excited today because today we have. Um, a couple of people from the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading. And it's really exciting because we have talked a whole lot about how districts are adopting new curriculum and what districts are doing for improving literacy. But um, the, the grade level reading campaign really is outside of our district, but is a super helpful support. So today we have Angelique Jessup and Ruth Farfell from the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading. Lori, you want to introduce them? Yes. Hi, everyone. So Angelique is the program director at the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading, and Ruth is the program associate. We are really excited to have them here today, again, because of that family connection um, and community connection. And this is something that we've been just really pumped for our listeners to hear about how the community is providing wraparound supports for cur curriculum implementation and what that looks like. So they're going to share a little bit about that. But first, Angelique um, and Ruth, would you mind sharing um, a little bit about yourselves and then just an overview of grade level reading? Sure. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. So, uh so the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading, we are part of a larger organization called the Fund for Educational Excellence. Um, and uh, most people locally know us as the Fund. Um, and the Fund partners with Baltimore City Public Schools, funders, communities, and other nonprofits um, to really help create a school system where all 80,000 students reach their full potential. Um, we specifically work on the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading. And um, what we do is we bring together different community partners and agencies to come and to work together, um, all with the purpose of promoting early literacy for grades K through third. Uh, and the campaign focuses on providing re literacy resources to families, and um, we seek to help the school district share ways for families to get involved in their child's reading development, all for, all for the sole purpose of making sure that all kids in Baltimore City Public Schools are reading on grade level by the end of third grade. And I would also say that over the past year to year and a half, we really um, deepened our focus uh, to make sure that we are doing work and doing projects that are very much centered on family and community engagement. Um, there's a lot happening in Baltimore. I don't know if you've talked about it in the other um, episodes in the podcast, but for those who aren't, who aren't from Baltimore that are listening, there's been a lot of investment around literacy. Um, there's a big strategic focus called the Blueprint for Success and some really great work happening instructionally in the classroom and wit and wisdom being a huge component of that. Um, and we really wanted to make sure that um, this students and families had something outside of the classroom too, that link of what happens beyond the bell. Uh, and we, we firmly believe that engagement and what happens at home is a key academic strategy too. And I think most of our listeners probably know how important it is to be on grade level by the end of third grade, but can you guys talk a little bit about just how important <laughs> that is? 
Melissa is sounding like a, a primary educator, isn't she, when she says that? You would think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's learned so much. Go ahead. So, yeah, so I'm actually a mom of a third grader, so I'm, I'm living this now. Um, so third grade is a, is a very critical point for um, whenever students really delve into deeper content. Um, and there's not as, after third grade, there's not as much of a focus instructionally on teaching the child how to read, um, becoming a more fluent reader, uh, going deeper into content. And they're, you know, it's kind of like the old adage, you know, they go from um, learning to read to reading to learn. Um, but for our students that aren't reading proficiently by the end of third grade, it puts them at um, a greater risk for not graduating from high school, not pursuing post-secondary education, um, which, which feeds into, you know, more um, life outcomes that we don't want for our kids so it's it's a critical turning point for kind of them to 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 move on the right trajectory to continue to excel and improve. I think Ruth yeah. had one more thing she wanted to say. Yeah, right. go ahead, Ruth. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to add. Um, uh, What's really important for us at the fund, as well as grade level reading, is really elevating the voices of community and families, um, making sure that. Um, whatever they want to share and, and feel their experience with Baltimore City Schools and just having children and students, um, we want to elevate those voices and make sure that we're hearing what they say and, and really implementing things that, that are relevant to, their, to, to what's important to them. Yes, thank you for saying that, yeah. Ruth, because something that I think we believe collectively as an organization is that the answers are right here in Baltimore, um, and to honor the voices of those who are living in Baltimore to inform our work and to help um, really push solutions. Yeah, and so you actually get to hear from families and community pretty often. What have you heard from them, maybe in the past year or two since we've adopted Wit and Wisdom, or even before then? Right. So about um, so a little bit be a little bit before the actual formal adoption of Wit and Wisdom, whenever um, the district was kind of going out and having community conversations around, you know, we, we're, we're investigating different literacy curriculums. Grade level reading was also going out in the community. Something that we realized was missing was that there weren't enough, in our opinion, there weren't enough ma literacy materials that were accessible for families in our city. So mm -hmm. if um, families needed to know beyond pre-K, um, what are the milestones that their child should be hitting for literacy, whether they're on track or not on track, we, we didn't feel like there was a, a place um, to point them to. And we and, and being the Baltimore Campaign for Grade Level Reading, we believe that, that that should be, you know, part of our organization um, and the work that we do is to really bring together partners and communities and get resources out to families. We said, hey, this is work that we really need to um, to double down and we need to make sure that there's more literacy information and resources for families, not just around milestones and whether their child is on track or not on track, but they can do at home. We had done a, quite a bit with, with different marketing efforts around the importance of daily reading. And we thought that the next step, um, the next evolution to that is going deeper into making that connection with what they can learn um, at home that, that builds on what happened in the classroom. But we also, like what Ruth said, we don't, we, we thought that we had to go out to the community and find out what, what was on their minds, what, what were they experiencing. So we did a series of focus groups in um, the spring and early summer of 2018. And we had some relationships with some schools. So we said, hey, we'd love to talk to your families who have kids in grades K through second grade. Um, and 
we talked to almost 80 families and, you know, reflecting on it now, um, it was, it was, it was really special with some of the stories that we heard from families. Um, you know, when you have focus groups and there were, you know, no more than eight to 10 families there on average, um, you could have some really, you know, personal conversations and hear about what their experiences was. And what we learned from the families was that a lot of them were having, a, they were having a lot of conversations with their child's teacher or, you know, other adults mm-hmm. in the building. So we'd hear families talking to us about like, I come to the school every day, I drop off my child, you know, we, we're not a city where there's a whole bunch of bus service. So you have families that are actually physically going in the school and you know, saying hi to their kindergarten or first grade teacher and having conversations. And they said they they're having lots of conversations, but when we when we questioned and we got deeper in the questioning, we learned that those conversations are quite a bit about behavior. Um, mm. and, you know that honestly saddened us. So we would we would talk more to the families. We say, well, what 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 is it that you're doing at home? Like, how do you know what's happening with your child around literacy instruction? How do you what do you know about whether they're on track or not on track? And they're like, you know, mm-hmm. I get that information from the parent teacher conference, but what I try to do is I try to, you know, Google or YouTube. So we learned that there are these informal ways that families are trying to be entrepreneurial in a sense to get information about what their child was learning. And we had teachers in the room with some of those focus groups because um, they wanted to know what what their families were hearing. And some teachers were like, wow, you know, like this is really helpful information for me. I did not realize, you know, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't doing this on purpose. Mm -hmm. I... I, I haven't been giving them um, this, I haven't been giving them information as much as what I'm hearing from them that they desire with you know what's happening with phonics instruction or what kind of questions I should be asking my child whenever we're having dinner conversations. I mean, it's hard to have conversations with your child. I mean, it happens to me all the time. Like I ask my kid, "How was your day?" Good. Like, I know I read somewhere. Good. That was really interesting and something that that stuck with us too was that we started seeing informal parent networks happening um, during these focus groups. So imagine a room and you have eight to 10 families and you might have two gen, you might have, you know, grandparents there and parents. Um, and invariably there'd be some, somebody who had more information like, Hey, did you know that you can sign up for infinite campus and you can get your child's assessment reports? Oh no, I didn't know that I could do that. Well, yeah. How do you do that? Well, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So, um, it was kind of the beginning of our journey too, where, you know, this happened a year and a half ago. There, we are continuously astounded by the families in Baltimore. I mean, I know there's definitely a lot of a narrative around around the city about how resilient our kids are, but I would also say that what we'd want to what we'd want to push in grade level reading too is that we have some amazing families in the city, um, some parents and grandparents and everything in between that are. So so invested in their child's success um, and are doing some creative things that frankly, as a mom of three, inspire me to to, (laughs) to keep up my game. So, you know, going back to the focus groups back in 2018, that those were the biggest, those are the biggest takeaways for us that there's a lot that was happening. There's a lot of communication that's happening, um, but we need to start to move the needle so that more of the conversation, more of the information, more of the sharing and the relationship building is around what's happening academically.
connect with the child um, and not just what's happening with classroom management and behavior. Um, and then in terms of wit and wisdom this past summer, we went back out in the field and we took a different approach. We decided that we wanted to really try to find out what was happening in the community. So we talked to parents and family members that were enrolling their children transferring and rolling their children during summer rush um, because we have like a lot of mobility in our district so we went to where they register it was kind of like sitting in the DMV and, and interviewing parents um, <laughs> we went to a laundromat um, in the southwest part of the city and then there's a we went to the summer learning um, the young audience summer learning um, a summer program and we did a parent focus group where we did a breakfast um, and it, in that conversation, we wanted to know specifically about wit and wisdom. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple really, really big takeaways. Um, I think the first big takeaway is that they weren't knowledgeable that there was a new curriculum. Um, so that like first thing we realized was like, okay, we need to boost this information campaign to let people know that there's this really great curriculum and there's some interesting things that you can do with it and how you can connect with your child. Um, and we talked to them specifically, not a, like we're not literacy experts. Um, we'll leave that up to you guys. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> wanted to talk to them about the parent tip sheets because, um, you know, you guys know that Wit and Wisdom has um, some companion materials, um, a tip sheet that's designed in theory for families to be able to know what's happening, what their kids are reading, what kind of questions they're asking mm -hmm. in, in class and to engage them in conversation. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to let Ruth chime in a little bit because um, we did this together as a team. But one of the biggest takeaways was that they don't know. And also that the tip sheets actually weren't giving them the right the, the, the type of tips that they desired. Would you want to talk mm. about that? Sure. So, yeah, during our focus groups, we, we learned a ton about how parents want to get information and what information they want. And one of our biggest takeaways was that the tip sheets as they are now are, are more information sheets. Um, you know, there's a lot of information on it, um, sometimes hard to digest, even if you're into the literacy realm. Um, and so one of the things that parents and family share with us was that they want actual activities they can do at home with their children, things that to reinforce skills at home. Uh, they specifically want ways to support um, around comprehension because they realize that's a really a big issue for their kids and they want to be able to support that um, and so we heard across the board this summer that they really really want those quick easy ways to be able to reinforce those skills through activities at home so we we're um we have a group of teachers right now that we're working with um, to help support those activities we're hoping to bring in some parents um, and so our next step is to really build that up that's awesome i we haven't talked about this, so I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly what that work group is working on, but I, I hope it might be something similar to this, which is the thing I love about Wit and Wisdom is that, you know, I wouldn't want parents to necessarily have to go and like work on main idea with their, their children at home. Um, and that's not exactly how Wit and Wisdom teaches either, right? We're talking more about this idea of building knowledge with this curriculum mm -hmm. and that that knowledge that you're building and vocabulary that comes from having that knowledge will really actually improve their comprehension more than something that seems like more like, you know, what you do in school. Um, like a worksheet. Like a worksheet yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think those are super fun things that parents could do with their child and not even have to like, they don't even have to say that they're doing it to increase comprehension, right? They just can do those things. So like, 
I'm thinking of the under the sea unit, which is in our third grade, I believe, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and like we have the national aquarium, like going to the aquarium could be great. Um, but also even, you know, that that could be a little expensive, but you could um, go to the library and get some books or videos about, um, you know, the sea and, and things like that. So I think that they're kind of easier, fun ways that parents could really be involved and actually make a huge difference. Yeah, I think it's great because, Melissa, you brought that up. Um, what I hadn't thought about prior to this was shifting parents' mindsets on what it looks like to um, support their kids at home. Um, and I think that that could look like, you know, as a parent, I'm I'm focused on, you know, the topics that they're learning about. And I ask lots of questions about mm-hmm. that. And I could see myself going to the library and getting books about it, but um, and providing those experiences, but I don't always think about maybe pulling up a YouTube video, whereas yeah. another parent might be doing that to build knowledge, which is awesome. So there's all these different ways that we could provide parents, um, ideas to build knowledge on the topics. Um, and that really would just create some incredible bonding time with their kiddos while they're learning about these topics. And then they have so much stuff to talk about, um, you know, at home. And, and that would really be an incredible way to build their knowledge on topics and thus increasing their kids' comprehension on these topics in school. Um, so that's that's a great point, Melissa. I'm glad you brought that up about the idea of, um, I know you didn't explicitly say it, but that's what, that's what I internalized, shifting the parent mindset of what it means to support with comprehension to building knowledge versus um, isolated skills. So really mm-hmm. think, thinking about that integrated approach. Yeah, we've been thinking a lot about that too. With like, you know, they you talk about the importance of oral language development quite a bit whenever you know they're three and from from zero to three, right? But that the conversations and oral language and what you do, you know, those type of things you do with your kid, it shouldn't stop. So mm-hmm. we've been thinking about how that can be. Um, kind of lifted up with tips and that we give families, especially since we are, we become also increasingly more sensitive that we have families in our city that have different levels of um, literacy proficiency themselves. And mm-hmm. we don't want families to be in, you know, to be turned off in any way with engaging with their children or grandchildren, if they have, if, if they are struggling in any way with their literacy. So we're thinking about yeah. like videos and YouTube and how to communicate this information. That's awesome. I love that you're meeting parents and families and really like building communities, just, just right where they are. I love that you, you did that like literally by going to where they were in the community, like the DMV. <laughs> I mean, not really the DMV, but you were like, um, you know, when they came into the DMV, you were there when they were coming in to register um, to really meet them, to see where they were. And then also being really cognizant that um, it might not look like reading a library book with their fifth grader. It might look different. And, but all of these ways are incredible assets to build knowledge. So Thank you for doing that. I think your work is very special. <laughs> We're trying. I mean, but it, it, it's, we really, you know, it's, a, we have a village. It's not just us two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something that's come up with working with the teachers is we're leaning in the direction probably of trying to offer a menu to families mm-hmm. yeah. with wit and wisdom um, because every family is different. Um, you go through different seasons too of, you know, mm-hmm. things that are happening in your life and what you might have more time for than others, you know, bedtime routines and everything need to be factored in. And we don't want these tips and the communication to just feel like homework. 
We wanted to right. be, yeah. we wanted to just um, to be integrated into your normal habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you ever host any family workshops or anything to that effect? So we don't directly host um, family workshops, but we have provided materials and tools for schools and other organizations to do it. So a couple of years ago, um, we worked with um, the Baltimore, with Baltimore City Public Schools, a literacy office and the Family and Community Engagement Office to develop um, kind of like a family literacy night toolkit. Uh, we, we teamed up with the district on a grant um, that I forget, I honestly forget the name of the grant, but um, <laughs> we, we, had a, we had an idea of like, how can we all team up as partners in the work? So um, engagement, the engagement office and the literacy office really worked in tandem with us to one, create the content for what a literacy night, what a really nice literacy night could look like at a school and engagement helped with how to market it and how to really bring in different partners. So um because we know lots of schools do literacy nights, but we said, hey, what would it look like if we actually had um, a soup to nuts toolkit with different, um, with how-tos and templates where if a school, you know, was doing other things and didn't have the capacity, they could just plug and play. Um, and we did the, we did the first two pilots at Hazelwood and Mary E. Rodman Elementary School. And the design was that every family um, came in and we did stations, which is normal for a lot of these um, literacy nights, but they did stations and we have, and we still have them. It's one of our most popular pieces of collateral, um, <laughs> these, these tip cards. So imagine um, a three ring, um, just a small, almost like laminated index cards with a hole punch on, a, on one of those key rings. Um, and every station had um, an activity. So, and it told you what the activity was, why it was important, and then you could actually do the activity at the table. So it was like if it was activity about making letter sounds, um, we had clappers and there was a person there that could help the parents with with helping their kids have the clapper and, and, and mm-hmm. work with the syllables. So you did that activity, you understood why it connected and you got the material. So you came, you got, you, you got, you got the, you got the loot, you, um, <laughs> learned why it was, or you learned why it was important and you practiced it. Um, and we took all of that planning, um, and we put it into a toolkit, which is actually available and accessible. You know, it's, it's, nobody has to pay for it. Um, it's something we've provided to, um, the, the, the engagement office has done a really excellent job with making sure that the material cost aligns with Title I um, and, you know, for the justifiable expenses. Um, And it was a really good experience just seeing how we could bring together different offices. Um, You know, when you're working in a district, and I used to work at the district, there's a lot of there's a lot of fires to put out on a daily basis. Um, There's always (laughs) a lot of initiatives you're trying to push and initiate. So, but sometimes, like the the flip side of that is sometimes it's harder to work together and it's easier sometimes to work siloed. So <laughs> that and that's that's part of what you know when we think about workshops and things that we would put on for the community, we we're a proponent of making sure that it's not just one group that's doing it. Um, and in terms of other workshops, um, we are in the we are in the development stages to in working with the Enoch Pratt. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to Ruth in a second because she is a lead on this project. Um, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure that with wisdom um, 
that that families can go to the Pratt and they can learn more about just some fun, cool things to do that are connected to the curriculum at the Pratt Library. So in the spring, we're going to be working in partnership with them to um, to put on some family workshops around wit and wisdom. So Ruth knows more about that. I'm going to pass it on to her. Yeah, so um, exactly what Angelique said, we're hoping um, in the spring of next year to put on um, at least one family workshop at at least four or five branches through, really throughout the city. Um, and we're working closely with um, librarians at those branches to make sure that the families they have relationships now with are, are, are coming to those um, to make sure it's really um, something they that they'll enjoy and want to come back for because we hope that it, it becomes um, more of a permanent series or program at the Pratt. That's exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We, we want, um, you know, to be able to help Wit and Wisdom, you know, expand in our, you know, with all the different networks that we have with Great Level Reading, because we do have a lot of partners and um, we see it as a team approach. I think that that's the only way to do it is to get, like, I think of the community and I, I think of you guys like a big bear hug. <laughs> you know, you're really just like <laughs> wrapping around um, and supporting the community and doing that all of our schools in Baltimore City and all of our, you know, all getting all of our families and involved um, through the community, really through the community resources um, and also directly with families. Um, what have you, what, in, can you tell us more about working with the Pratt Library? Because I think that that is a really accessible point that schools could, who are not in Baltimore, who are listening to this podcast, shout out to Rogers, Arkansas, and Arkansas in general, <laughs> who's just listening um, to the, our podcast. We have a lot of listeners there. Um, but are there any tips that you could give or um, just share how you're um, really just working with the libraries and the, the librarians to build everyone's knowledge on what's going on in the schools via the curriculum? Sure. So the first thing I would offer in high Arkansas um, <laughs> would, would, would be to figure out who your point person is at the whatever the central branch or like the administration is um, to get a lay of the land because a lot of um, libraries, I would, if, if it's, if, if they're like Baltimore have someone who does outreach or community work, um, mm. you know, be it through a book mobile that goes around or working in school. So I would make sure you, so our point person at the Pratt is a person who works on the outreach team. And um, her job is to make sure that the library lives beyond the walls of the branches. Um, and then the, so our journey with, and our partnership with the Pratt um, started a couple of years ago. So when we started, um, when Grey Level Reading started to have it building more partnerships with individual schools, um, we decided that we wanted to help build home libraries. And this was a couple of years ago, um, build home libraries for, uh, for kids in Baltimore. And we worked with the Pratt then say, hey, like, can you help us curate a, a really, really good um, list of books that would be good on grade level or just really, really interesting books. And then we also worked with the literacy office of city schools to say, hey, can you join us on this project and make sure like the Pratt is helping us curate like the, the, the books with the awards. But can you help us to make sure that these are books that are appropriate grade level for 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 at that point at first grader for first graders? Um, then we also, um, in working with them, said, like, it would be really great to get different schools connected with the Pratt uh, because mm -hmm. we have a 
we have a wonderful public, I think we, I think we're one of the first free public library systems in the country. Mm -hmm. um, and our schools were relatively close to Pratt branches. So we said, hey, it'd be really great if your early grade classes and your teachers could build relationships with uh, branch librarians um, and get kids to go to the Pratt or mm -hmm. facilitate field trips. So a couple of years ago, we did, we laid that groundwork. So for those who are in other cities and jurisdictions, I would say, find out what, see if you can find out the lay of the land, if, if there are processes and procedures for if you're a teacher at X elementary school, do you know how to pick up the phone and call and your local librarian is willing to come pay your class a visit, they most likely would be really, really love to do that. Um, so, you know, we work collaboratively with, uh, with the school district and with the Pratt to try to strengthen that, those processes, um, because we are, we're, we are a big district. So we had to, we, we work together to tighten that up a bit. Um, I would offer that. Anything else that you would offer, Ruth? Um, so uh, last year we did a, well, we've done several professional developments um, between Pratt librarians and city schools librarians. And I would say last year it was really, really successful. Um, we brought together again, Pratt librarians and city school librarians to really delve deep into it in wisdom and make sure that when they're walking into both or either of those libraries, um, students and their families are able to, you know, have programming or be able to find books that align align with that curriculum. And I, I feel like that was a really good way to, to build bridges and um, build relationships between schools and, and libraries. Yeah, and I, I was actually there for that PD, so I can attest to <laughs> that it was wonderful. Um, and it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier of you know, when you're thinking about how can we continue to help build our students' knowledge of the world, like what better place to do that than our libraries, right? So um, yeah. I think that relationship and connection is huge and is going to be a great um, relationship to continue. Well, in like year two, I know we're in year two in Baltimore, but in year two and year three, how that community wraparound support is impacting classroom curriculum implementation like how are kids bringing what they're doing at home um, as parents are supporting into the classroom um, just to build their continue to build their knowledge so y'all will have to come back on and tell us about what you're finding <laughs> yeah, we love to um, keep you updated and if anybody wants to um, keep up with what we're doing like I think our Instagram page is probably the best way to to know what the latest is like with the projects that we're doing around wit and wisdom and whatever we're doing with the pratt um, with workshops we'll be sure to put that on social media so if you want to follow us on instagram we're at be more read more oh awesome thank you we will uh put your link or put your instagram is it instagram it's not handle that's twitter <laughs> Instagram. We're, we're not Instagram savvy. <laughs> I know. Your, your Instagram, let me do this. Your Instagram information will be found in the show notes. <laughs> just, just search Be More Read More and you should find us on Instagram. Be more, read more. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so tell us what is up next for grade level reading. Anything you want to highlight that you're working on or um, share with our audience? 
Um, so we have a pilot program with um, with an elementary school called Liberty Elementary School here in Baltimore. We have a pilot parent ambassador program, um, and that's really uh, came out of all of our focus groups and conversations with um, families um, where, where we had spoken about, like, we saw that families were engaging in networking organically in the room. So we said, why, why, why don't we harness that and make it more formal? So the parent ambassador program at Liberty is designed for the fam for the parent to be the intermediary really um, between the other families in the class and the teachers to translate teacher speak and edu speak to mm -hmm. be um, and to make sure that the, inf the critical information about what the kids are working on um, in school and what they're learning is um, continuously shared with families in the classroom. So we're really excited about that. We have an awesome set of, fam of parents that's helping, that are helping us. They, they, they are amazing. Um, and we're revising these wit and wisdom tip sheets in partnership with the district. We're working on the workshops. Um, those are our marquee projects for this, for the remainder of the school year. That sounds really yeah. exciting. Super exciting. <laughs> Do you guys have any um, last pieces of advice that you would give to families or schools who are just, you know, schools who are looking to work with families more? Um, any advice that you would give? I would say listen to your families um, with no preconceived notions and to really ask them um, what their experience has been and, and, and to be, to, I think um, Ruth introduced a term to me, to be a critical of their feedback um, mm. and it's sometimes hard I think it's sometimes hard to see how you can grow especially when you're working really really hard but I can't um, I don't think I can say enough how inspiring working directly with families has been for us we I, there's a lot of there's a lot of growth happening in Baltimore. There's a lot of energy to strengthen our city. Um, and we have, we have the goods here. Um, so I would just suggest to any schools to, regardless of prior experiences or frustrations with parents not coming out to events, whatever it is, um, sit down and, and, and I'd encourage you to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them to find out what's going on and what their hopes and dreams are for their kid. And once you start off that way, it opens up the conversation to learn a lot more. That's great advice. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and I do want to say, because as you were talking, it was making me think um, that I, I think that the, at least one, in my opinion, after speaking with you today, the, one of the reasons that it has been a really successful partnership is because Baltimore City had adopted um, a high quality curriculum and you all wrapped around to support implementation. So I, I love that the city started with using their research-based um, practice of adopting that high quality curriculum and then you all wrapped around to say to parents like, hey, we're supporting with this curriculum implementation. Let's now think about what we can do at home to support that. Um, because I, I think that that's a really important thing to highlight that districts who um, are listening, I hope that you're listening because you've adopted a high quality curriculum. But if you haven't, that your um, family, you know, wraparound support, sometimes families, um, might not know and might be pushing for leveled reading at home or things that might not align with the curriculum. So it's our job as the educators to really provide that 
um, information and the why behind it, and then provide the really accurate and research-based supports that build that knowledge of topics. Um, am I making sense, Melissa? You want to add anything to that? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you're right that, um, I mean, it, it just makes sense for it to be in alignment. And I think that um, I'm really glad that as a partner to our district, that our grade level reading partners are in alignment and not, you know, mm-hmm. disaligned. Yeah, yeah, trying to trying to push their own agenda for whatever reason it might be, but their agenda is the same <laughs> as ours because it's improving literacy. So um, I think that's really important is that, you know, we, we do have the same messages and the same um, goals. So that's really, really crucial. Yeah. And I, I felt that because I know we've um, I've been to grade level reading meetings when I was in um, Baltimore and I always felt like y'all were such good listeners. And mm-hmm. I think that was such a, a key part of it that um, you really listened to what was happening in the schools and in the city and then thought about um, how you could support. And we really all worked together on that. So um, I think as much as you're saying, you know, listen to families. Um, just everybody involved being a very good listener about thinking about where the other person or entity or group um, are coming from and, and what they need. So I think that's what I wanted to call out as something being really important and special about you all. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're I welcome. One more thing? Yeah, um, absolutely. Please. Yeah. So just again, like the importance of partnerships, I feel like you know, what I love about working for grade level, working with grade level reading is being able to bring together people who work um, directly with families um, and the perspectives they bring. You know, we have people at the table who are parents, people who work in violence prevention and other areas across the city. And it's really important to have um, diverse perspectives in the room um, because we know we it, we can't just have teachers and educators, you know, we have to have people who are touching students and families in other ways. Um, and so I think that that's a really good way to start as well. That's a good point. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. We are so happy that you took some time to podcast with us today. And for all of our listeners listening, please go and give us five stars on whatever forum you're listening on. Um, We would love to get your feedback as well. So if there's any topics that you want to hear us podcast about and we haven't done so, so far, please drop us a note. Um, As you leave us a a rating, we would, we, we read them and we would love to hear. Um, Melissa, anything to add about just don't forget uh, about our website. Well, (laughs) I was going to, I was going to promote our be more, read more um, friends. Oh yeah. Okay. No, that's good literacy podcast on mostly on Twitter, but you can find us on all the social media. Yeah. And tell us about be more, read more. Um, well, I would follow us on Instagram. That's where our cool, our coolest content is. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. Yeah. And they're the same. Or if you want to go to our website, um, which will link you to all of our social media, that's grade level reading baltimore.org awesome awesome well thank you, guys you. Are we are so happy that you're doing such good work came today yes thanks for the invite <laughs> of course have a wonderful day thank you thank you take thank care you guys bye, bye. bye.